When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Ever going to live down that hot sauce moniker that Keyshawn and J. Will have given me, no matter how much I try. With Harry Delkis, Freddie coming in for the boys today on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio. Check us out on the ESPN app and see us on TV on ESPN2. Believe me, I, I can't tell you how many times, Harry, either on Twitter I've had a couple of family members oh, like, hey, man. Uncle Hot Sauce, what's going on? That's the monster <laughs> that Keyshawn and Jay will have hot created. Sauce Freddy. There we go. There it is again. You know. I'm saying, but like, why do they call you Hot Sauce Freddy, though? I have no hot idea. Hot Sauce Freddy. Why does Keyshawn say or do anything? It just starts here, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> gets here, and it's out there. Why? That's just Keyshawn at his best. But listen, Freddie, what you what you probably was a bad boy in your day. Now you nah. coming into music, you coming into that song, that just let me know one thing. What's Freddie that? Coleman was a bad boy. Hot sauce in his day. <laughs> I think you give me way too much credit because there are people that knew me back in the day going, he wasn't all that. Freddie Coleman ain't nothing, won't be nothing, ain't ever gonna be nothing. Believe me, there are plenty of people that are saying that right now, watching you give me these flowers right now here at Keyshawn. Jay Will and Max, and all of a sudden now you got Shannon. Pin our producer saying Hot Sauce Freddy was a hot ticket back in the day. <laughs> hot ticket brought to you by Vivid Seats, where you earn rewards with every purchase. Vivid Seats Rewards is your ticket to more tickets and not Hot Sauce Freddy. Vivid Seats, life happens live. Well, we know Tom Brady is always going to have the sauce, even though we all believe, at least I firmly believe, this is it for him. This is his last dance, Harry. This is his golden ticket. This is rocking chair moment that he's going to have playing in the National Football League. And many people are wondering if it's a good idea now that he's come back from a sabbatical to play him in the preseason game, the final one for Tampa Bay. I think it's a perfect idea to have him out there because of the offensive line in flux. We talk about the Cowboys line offensive in line in flux. That offensive line has a lot of a lot of questions when it comes to Tampa Bay in front of Tom Brady. Yeah, and, and, and Freddie, we got to look at it from the, the big picture, right? Mm-hmm. Tom Brady has just come back to the team. He was gone for a little while. So you talk about, hey, how can I get – up to speed, not saying that he ever lost it, but how can I get more acclimated to my to my guys, to my players, because I've been gone in practice. And then, you know what, let me go out here and play this last preseason game and try to see if we can get more continuity going along because we do have the Dallas Cowboys in 16 days. Now, as I said with the Cowboys and Tyron Smith being hurt, you don't want anybody to be hurt. But if they're going to get hurt, can we do it with almost three weeks to go before the season starts so we can figure some things out? It's right. different than going in week 10 and you get two or three guys going down. Now you got to figure things out on the fly within a week to prepare for, a different, for, for an opponent. You have literally 16 days. That's uh, a few days shorter than, than three weeks. I think they have enough time. But here's the thing about Tom Brady I need everyone to understand. Do I think the offensive line thing can be an issue? Yes, but I don't think strongly. To a certain extent, I believe that. Okay. When you have a guy like Tom Brady who's going into his 23rd season, for one minute, don't you think him and the offensive coordinator, Byron Leftwich, are not going to go over situational football and things that they can do to try to negate a rush from the Dallas Cowboys who's coming up on Sunday Night Football? 
They're going to try to get the football out quickly, mm-hmm. which last year Tom Brady was second in the National Football League in doing so. This year he just might be first because I don't think he wants to sit back there and hold it. And when I look at the Dallas Cowboys, I think one deficiency that they did have last year in my eyes was man playing man coverage. I didn't think they were excellent playing man coverage. Now, you're going to sit up here and tell me you're going to play man coverage on Mike Evans, Russell Gage, uh, Julio Jones. I'll take my chances with those guys because, number one, they're big-bodied receivers. So if you just throw the football up to them, they have a great chance of coming down with it if you decide that you want to play man coverage. Also, there are things that you can do to negate a rush if you're offensive, offensive mind and you're the coordinator and Tom Brady. You can run screens. You can go tempo. If a team, you, if you think you're going to have problems blocking a team's front seven, I'm going no huddle. I'm going up tempo. I'm going to up tempo things. I'm going to go to my two-minute offense. I'm going to try to run those guys in the ground and get them tired. But these are things that we can practice right now in the hot sun in Tampa and work on. Not to mention they have that offensive line going against that defensive line, who I think could be their biggest ally right now, and pushing those guys to be better when the season comes so it's not a shock to them when they do go against the Dallas Cowboys and a guy like Michael Parsons. So in other words, Harry Douglas says that Tom Brady was out for 11 days but did not forget to throw the football. Okay, got it here on on, on, on Keyshawn, (laughs) J. Will and Max with Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio because so many people – Made a big deal. Oh, he's gone for eleven days, and this is gonna mess up things. I said, "Do you uh, do you know who you're talking about when it comes to Tom Brady? I think he's going to be fine. Whether he was the masked singer or the masked father, whatever you want to do for those eleven days, so what? Correct. I'm not worried about him coming back and playing in a final preseason game because Tom Brady is a creature of habit, and the best habit for him is to be out there with his guys in game situations and not just in practice." Practice leads to the effort in games that he wants to try to find the optimal level when it comes to him in this offense. But for people to be that concerned that he should not play a final preseason game, I don't know why we got away. And I know people hate preseason football. You don't see the regulars out there like you want to see them, Harry. I understand it. But I just don't understand how people can minimize playing preseason football. And Rogers says it's a waste of time. Well, if they don't win another Super Bowl championship, people are going to remember that statement that he said maybe should have been out there with those new wide receivers playing more preseason football. Tom Brady knows his offensive line's in flux. The best way to try to figure things out is to go out there in a game situation against a game opponent and say, okay, now we can try to make adjustments and adjust to each other as the season goes along. For anybody to even put it out there saying, well, I don't know if he needs to play in a final preseason game. With the way the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are constructed right now with injuries on the offensive line, to me that is ludicrous to put that out there to say that Tom Brady does not need to play a final preseason game. I would not want Tom Brady's first snap in game situations to be against the Dallas Cowboys in the regular season and yep. not have that time the offensive line that is not, not the offensive line he thought he was going to get going into the regular season. But, Freddie, isn't this why so many people enjoy and love Tom Brady? And if you're sure. a free agent from – an opposing team and you finish the season and you have an opportunity to go somewhere. Isn't this why Tom Brady is able to get guys to come in and play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because of situations like this? He doesn't think he's better than anybody. He, third preseason game, so what? Tom Brady going to be out there. I love that about him. I love that aura about Tom Brady, and I love that awareness from him as well because he can easily go up there to Byron Leftwich mm-hmm. and, 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 and also Todd Bowles and say, you know what, I'm not playing this preseason game. I don't want to get hurt. But the awareness and understanding that, you know what, I need to be out there. 
I need my guys to see I'm going to be out there. I think we need to be out there together so we can build this continuity so we can do it in a game-like situation. So like you said, Freddie, against the Dallas Cowboys, it's not a boom shockwave right. when mm-hmm. things start to hit you. Yeah, look what the Kansas City Chiefs did with Patrick Mahomes. They played him yeah. a little bit in the first preseason game versus Chicago, a little bit more in the second preseason game, and then they held him out of the third preseason game. But at least he's had game action to go out yep. there. The last time I checked, Patrick Mahomes pretty good throwing the football for the Kansas mm-hmm. City Chiefs. I think that guy's pretty good in the National Football League. For anybody to say that preseason games are a waste of time, it shows, and Harry, I'm glad you mentioned it, it shows the different power stroke between the Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay and the it Tom does. Brady in Tampa Bay. Tom Brady's like, look, we need to be out there with my offensive line in flux. Aaron Rodgers like, I'm so great, I don't need to worry about it. We'll figure out once the regular season comes along with new wide receivers. One Super Bowl, Tom Brady has seven. I'm not saying you just said it. You put it out there. I'm not saying that Aaron Rodgers is not paying attention to detail, but Aaron Rodgers at a point in his career and a point in his life when he knows he has power church and state in Green Bay. Tom Brady has never, ever had that with the New England Patriots because Bill Belichick was not going to let him have it. So now that he has it in Tampa Bay, he's not just going to go that route. He's going to let his guys know we're all in this together. It's not just me over here and you guys over there, Harry, even though we clearly know that's the case and everybody knows that in Tampa Bay. It's just a different way of going about it. Look, I got to tell a story really quick. A, a mm. friend of mine was playing in New England. He said, this is how I knew things were different in New England. He said, when I seen Tom Brady rush, running and hustling to get to practice so he wouldn't be late, that's when I knew things were different in New England. Because if the greatest of all time yep. is scampering and rushing, trying to get out there to that practice field, that means everyone is held to a certain standard. And that standard, if Tom Brady's setting that standard, there are worse places to be. Ask any New York Jets fan for the last 50 years about what those standards are when it comes to quarterback and that organization. Harry Douglas, hit him on Twitter at hdouglas83. I'm Freddie Coleman. Hit me on Twitter, Coleman ESPN. Info the guys today on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Keep weighing in anytime you want at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We're going to play NFL fill-in-the-blank, starring the Seahawks quarterbacks. Ugh. Best division in football, and people love this player just way too much. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Listen to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio, everywhere you are. I just found out from a man who shall remain nameless, Alan Yates on the ones and twos here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max with Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio and ESPN2, that Jeremy Fowler, ESPN senior NFL reporter, is a huge Pusha T fan. (laughs) Jeremy, how did that get started? (laughs) Um, I'm just a huge hip hop fan, so any, you know anybody who's uh, who's top tier, I like. Jeremy, not only are you a huge uh, hip hop fan, you, you are a huge man. When I was at Seaport last, uh-huh. and you came across uh, behind those doors, Jeremy's I tall. I looked up yeah, and yeah. I said, mm-hmm. "I never knew you were that tall." Let yeah. let the people know how tall you are, Jeremy. Yeah, about six four and a half. Yeah. Six. Yeah. Let's work on this right now, Jeremy. Let's work on this right now. Not six four. You gotta tell him I'm six four. Say six four. Six four. Six four. Jeremy's six four. Yeah. Jeremy's built like an NFL X receiver, but he can play him on the outside and take advantage of one on one matchups. Uh, more, more tight end. I, I'm, more not tight a, end? I'm not a jumper. Oh, you, can so. be, you can be an X factor. You can be like the H back. You can do that. So, I can do that. Yeah, I, I can fine. block for you a little bit. Yep. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Hit him no on doubt. Twitter, J Fowler ESPN. He's going to help us do a little fill in the blank, and we're all going to do it as well. But, Jeremy, you're going to have you started off each and every time. Cool. The Seahawks starting quarterback will be who? Geno Smith. I'm going to roll with Geno Smith. He's been the favorite. Uh, Drew Locke's going to play a lot, though, in their last preseason game. He's probably going to go three-plus quarters. So he's got a chance to make it interesting, but Smith's had the lead. I think they'll go with the veteran. Harry? Boy, that that said it all. Jeez. In in the 2023 draft, (laughs) the Seattle Seahawks draft with the first pick, even though they probably should go defensive end. That's cold, They're going to go with C.J. Stroud. That is definitely cold. (laughs) <laughs> that is cold blooded. I mean, it's a lot of, there are a lot of teams that are kind of just like they're saying, "Hey, we're going to build our roster and load up for when we have that draft opportunity." But for now, we're just going to get better in other positions and not mortgage, you know, multiple first round picks trying to get another quarterback that's a veteran that's not proven. We'll just get our own guy in the future. Okay, the Seahawks starting quarterback Jeremy will be blank. Steelers. Uh, so yeah, Steelers. I would say Mitch Trubisky still. Um, it's the situation's been Trubisky's been the favorite, his job to lose, but Kenny Pickett's making it interesting enough where Trubisky can't get too comfortable. So if we see another lights out performance from Pickett, it could get interesting. Uh, uh, but but for now, Trubisky's long been the favorite there. So I'm going to go with him. I'm going to go with Kenny Pickett because I'm going to bank on Kenny Pickett having a phenomenal third preseason game. Yep. He's been phenomenal in game one and two. You talk about situational football, minute and five seconds on the clock, ran a two-minute offense to a tee. They needed to score in the first preseason game. He hit Vaughn for, uh, for a touchdown. But I like his poise in the pocket, especially against the blitz of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I can see Kenny Pickett winning this thing if he has an excellent third preseason game. 
the expectations for Justin Fields this season in Chicago, Jeremy, are what? Expectations, if we're being realistic, this is not one of the better rosters in the league. Uh, they know it's going to take time. So seven wins would be like a mild victory to me, honestly. I, I think that's kind of where they're at. Uh, maybe they can get to 500. Um, maybe they can surprise me. Pro- probably more pieces than, than they're giving credit for. You know, the defense in Chicago always shows up. But as far as Justin Fields, I think they just want to see growth. Yeah, um, It's not really about the stats. It's more about... You know, can he read the protection, set up the protections, read the defenses the right way, um, just play sound quarterback football because they know that he can make the plays and he's got the talent. See, a lot of people think my answer is, is like it's, it's I'm be, trying to be funny, but I'm actually I'm not. Mm-hmm. I expect him to protect himself and not get yeah. hurt but t- yeah. behind that terrible offensive line. But I do see small growth in Justin Fields, right? You can't uh, necessarily put it into wins and losses, yeah. but each week see if you can get better and better. But please protect yourself because the, the just what they surrounded you around is, is just not it. Harry sounds like a pleading parent. Please protect <laughs> my child teacher. He doesn't know what he's doing. He needs all the help he can get. Please, Justin. Good luck, kid. <laughs> yeah. Go out there and be somebody. Jeremy Fowler, ESPN senior NFL reporter, joining Freddie Cohen, Harry Douglas, in for the guys, and then Keyshawn, J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio and ESPN2 doing a little fill-in-the-blank NFL style. Jeremy, the best division of football is where? AFC West. It's hard to look anywhere else. I'm trying to think of another division that comes close, but – you have four teams that if they got like the one seed even in the AFC, you wouldn't be shocked. Maybe maybe the Raiders or Broncos would be a little shocking, but th- there's there's enough firepower there where you could see all four making the playoffs, and they all four probably can't, so someone's going to have to give. Um, Chargers might have the sneaky best roster in football. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know what the yeah. Chiefs are doing every year. Uh, Raiders are better. Broncos are better. It's going to get wild. Yeah, I agree with Jeremy. I think the AFC West, you look at the quarterbacks in uh, – how they've played over the last the, the, the time they've been in the National Football League. Also, you look at the defense and the ends and the pass rushers in that division. That's yeah. something else to be looking at as well. Yeah, yeah That's going to be must-see football every afternoon at 425 Eastern time. The AFC West, no matter who's playing against each other, all four of those quarterbacks in that division. In the NFC East, Jeremy, the best quarterback in that division is who? It's still Dak. I mean, you look at the competition. It's just not at that level where there is another top-10 quarterback in the NFC East. So Dak's really the only guy, last guy standing. Jalen Hurts getting better, though, so maybe he can make it interesting. The better quarterback in that division is Dak Prescott, but Jalen Hurts will have the better season because his surroundings are better. Okay. I'm, I'm surprised you guys didn't mention Carson went to Washington, but I'll just leave that alone. The yeah. bi- what? <laughs> I'm just being funny. The biggest sleeper <laughs> team in the NFL, Jeremy, is who? I'm going to stay in the NFC East. Eagles. They got a good roster, man. I mean, they're only getting better. They're deep in a lot of areas. And I've heard nothing but good things about Jalen Hurts. They got A.J. Brown to just run slants all day and beat people. Like It's going to be fun to watch. Mm. Jeremy, that that was my pick, but I don't want us to just pick the same team. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to go with the Saints, and that's hard for me yep. to say Ooh. because I'm, I am here from Atlanta. Okay. But you look at their defense. What? Dennis Allen was their defensive coordinator. He's still there. Pete Carmichael, he called plays when Sean Payton was out. Uh, at some point uh, throughout his coaching career. I think Jameis Winston has a supporting cast that's better than it was last year, especially in the wide receiver room. So I'm going to go New Orleans. Blank is the most overrated player in the NFL, Jeremy. Who is the most overrated player? Oof. You know, 
That's uh, I didn't have enough time to research this one. This is a tough one. Blame Shannon Penn, the producer. He came no, no, he he sent it to me. I just didn't do. Uh, I, I I didn't look it up enough. But I I, I got one. So I'll go okay. Khalil Mack. Even oh, though he's a great ooh, player, I'll really? go Khalil Mack because he gets that credit as like he's a top five pass rusher, no question about it. And I just don't know if the production has been there uh, of late. He's been hurt some, so I'll go Khalil Mack. Still okay. a great player, but maybe a tad overrated. Yeah, uh, I'd have it. I didn't have enough time to, to look at this one either, so I'm going to skip this one. Go ahead. Well, no, 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 no. Because no. I just I, nah. here's the thing. Yeah, this, this, this is what y'all got to understand about me. Okay. I take in consideration. I take pride in everything that I do. Right. So I'm not just going to go out here and throw a name out there okay. if I don't feel that way. That's why I said that. Okay. Y'all know that about me. Y'all okay. know I take pride in everything that I do. Chick, chick, chick out. We'll go to another one. <laughs> Jeremy, who is the most underrated player in the NFL? Oof, I'll go. A lot of cornerbacks that are underrated. Yeah. Um, you know, J.C. Jackson comes to mind. Uh, A.J. Terrell in Atlanta comes to mind. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get a lot of credit because mm-hmm. oh, they're, like they're not very good. Uh, but I, I would go Terrell. He, he's a becoming a franchise-type player. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go AJ Terrell. He's a guy who's actually not from. Uh, uh, he's from uh, not far from where I grew up. Mm-hmm. Went to Westlake High School here in the city that he grew up uh, watching the team. He grew up watching as well the Atlanta Falcons. But being able to be with the Atlanta Falcons in the spring and watching him working in some days at training camp, the young man is phenomenal, and I think yeah. he's gonna have another big season. But not enough people are talking about him, so I'm glad we even bringing his name to light this morning. I'll give you one real quickly. Fred Warner, middle linebacker of the 49ers. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about the best yeah. linebackers in football. That guy may be the best linebacker in football that nobody talks about with that defense of sure. the 49ers. That's a guy who's really, really good. Final one, Jeremy. If you were starting an NFL franchise, the guy you'd pick first is who? Hmm. If we're, ta- if we're counting for age, longevity, right? Uh, I might go Justin Herbert. I might go Justin mm, really? Herbert. Mm, I, I just, I like that. yeah, I mean, he's just, he's got, he's, he's, He's good on he's good. He's a robot, man, and he's you know he's got a huge arm. Uh, yep. I, th- I think he's better at like breaking down defenses and seeing the field than he gets credit for. A lot of times, Joe Burrow gets more of that credit from that class, but I think Herbert can do a lot of that stuff too. I, it's gonna be interesting, but I, I would go him. I think he's the complete package. So we can pick anybody in the National Football League, right? But this pick, yes, you can. Anybody. Okay, and age is not a factor, not right? at all. See, I was I was accounting with- for age. I was going young on purpose, but I'm I'm going Aaron Donald. You yeah. talk about a game wrecker, a guy who can do it inside, move around that defensive line. He beats double teams. You talk about since 2019, he's in top three in sacks. And we all know the position he plays. We know how he's going to garner attention of defensive coordinators and defenses. Listen, when, when offensive coordinators get up in the meeting room on Wednesdays and they're playing the Los Angeles Rams, they yeah. – reiterate over and over again, we cannot let this guy wreck our game, and he still finds a way to wreck the game. Hence, hence the Super Bowl. Yeah. Wow. I like both of those choices. I'm not going to quit with either one of those. I like where you guys are coming from. By the way, Jeremy, real quick, your thoughts on the Aaron Donald brawl that happened between the Bengals and Rams that joined practice. Many people believe the NFL should step in yeah. and discipline, and the Rams may not do that because they're in charge of that. What are your thoughts about this whole situation? Yeah, I can see the reasoning why the NFL should should – police those just because like when you have this kind of instance um it, it, the teams aren't going to want to necessarily police themselves or punish themselves uh, i i know the rams are going to review it they're looking into it uh we'll see where it goes but uh, to me 
it's funny because the teams love the joint practices, at least from the coaching standpoint. They feel like they get better work right. than they do the preseason games where there's more risk of injury. So it's more controlled, which they like. But then you keep having these instances. Um, I was at the Jets-Giants yesterday where they cut it short. It was a real tight vanilla practice, I mm-hmm. think, for that reason. Like, they're trying to avoid it. So um, something's got to be done with these. So we've seen too many of these fights. I feel like every time we have a joint practice, there's a huge threat of it. Um, you know, some of it's just football related and maybe just some anger in the moment, but they probably shouldn't have put two Super Bowl teams together, mm-hmm. guys that just played each other eight months mm-hmm. ago. Uh, maybe that yep. didn't help. Yeah, we got that tweet from Nathan Miller last hour saying, This is what happens when you have those kind of raw emotions. <laughs> and then, oh, by the way, let's have them at the backyard barbecue. Nothing is going to jump off with that. Somebody complained <laughs> about the potato salad, the ribs weren't good, they were done properly, and then all hell broke loose between the Rams and Bengals at that joint practice. Like we mentioned, he's a great follow on Twitter, Jay Fowler ESPN. He is just Jeremy Fowler, soon to be an NFL Titan, but right now an ESPN NFL senior reporter. Always a great job joining us here in Keyshawn, yep. Jay Will and Max. See you later, Push the T. Good stuff, Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me. Hello, Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman and Keyshawn, Jay Will and Max. You're going to find out why did LeBron James say that about Russell Westbrook. In 15 minutes on Keyshawn, Jay Will and Max with Freddie Coleman and Harry Douglas. We're going to get you ready for college football. We got week zero this weekend, and then we got big games after that. We'll get you all ready for that in 15 minutes on ESPN Radio. Catch us on Sirius X and Channel 80. And don't forget about us watching us on ESPN2. Hit us up on the phone at 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. So, okay, here's the situation. How is this going to work in Los Angeles when Russell Westbrook is still there? They trade for Patrick Beverly. These two have been mortal enemies when they've gone against each other throughout their NBA careers, and now they're going to be teammates in Los Angeles. And, Harry, that led LeBron James to tweet, and I quote, the Westbrook disrespect and vitriol is still corny regardless of how you feel about last season. Some people got to get a life, man, end quote. He also talked about defending the trade and also defending Russell Westbrook. Can't wait for him to go off this season, quote, end quote, Harry. Wow. Um, I I will say this. Uh, When the Lakers made the move, you know, the first thing I thought about was, Mm -hmm. okay, Darvin Ham and everyone in that organization understood that we were lacking something last year. It was a mindset. uh, It was defense and a tone setter. When you look at a guy like Patrick Beverly, he is all three of those things. He has a certain mindset. When you look at him on the defensive end, he had, he has, a, he's a tone setter, right? He gets on the, the, the opposing team's skin. And the defense of the Los Angeles Lakers last year was terrible. It wasn't good. Right. So bringing him over, I can see exactly why they made this move. Now, the history between him, Patrick Beverly, that is, and Russell Westbrook, I understand their history. But when you're professionals and now these guys are teammates, you figure out ways to make it work. It's going to work, especially if both guys are still there. They're going to figure out how it can work. Trust me. You, 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 you let go of all the other stuff because here the common goal is to win a championship. Right. And I know Russell Westbrook wants to win that because he doesn't have one. I know Patrick Beverly wants to win that because he's on video saying, uh, and, and I can't remember who posted it yesterday, saying, I want to win. I just want to win. I want and winners. I, and, and I can hear the passion in his voice that he really truly wants to win and he's willing to do any and everything to help the Lakers get there. And he even said, he even went out to say is that if I'm on the Lakers next year, we're going to the playoffs. We're going to the Western conference finals. He, he went out and said it in the interview that he did. I love the fact that LeBron James responded to that tweet, defending his tweet, his teammate at Russell Westbrook, because that that's what the Lakers need, because yep. I'm sure he is sick and tired of it. You know, Russell Westbrook's sick and tired of it that whole night. 
But I'm going to go back to your point in terms of being professional, and I'll never forget being a long-suffering New York Knicks fan. I remember the New York Knicks acquired Xavier McDaniel in the 90s, and he and Charles Oakley the year before, they had one of the best basketball fights ever where <laughs> he's playing for Seattle, Oakley's playing for the Knicks, loose ball out of bounds, the ball's at their feet, they look at each other, and the next thing's like somebody said, ding, and they got the fighting. And people did not want to break it. It was so good. And people wondered, man, how is that going to work with Xavier McDaniel and Charles Oakley, who have been enemies for more than a minute? They could not have been better teammates for each other because they never had to question the mentality of somebody that they couldn't stand that they had to play with, and they were the best of teammates. I'm not saying that could, that's going to be the case of Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook being teammates. But no matter what you think of both of these guys and what they appear to be on the surface, they've never been bad teammates. You may not like the way they've gone about their business, especially Russell Westbrook, but not a lot of people other than Kevin Durant will say that he's been a bad teammate. No one has said that about Patrick Beverly. I guarantee anywhere he's been that when they moved on from him, there were a lot of guys saying, man, I'd rather play with that guy than play against that guy. So – My concern is not that, if these two are going to get along. My concern with the Lakers is, what is this going to look like when you're trying to mix these pieces together? And to me, Harry, you're still miles and miles away from not just winning an NBA championship, but maybe even uh, being a top five, top six team in a loaded Western Conference. Yeah, and I'm worried about in crunch time when you know you need defensive stops and you have both of these guys on the floor at the same time because they can be dominant defensively when they put their head down and their mind to it. But at the same time, you're on the offensive end. And let's just say Anthony Davis gets cold or LeBron James gets cold. And you have both of those guys on the floor. Who is going to do the scoring? Who's going to be the guy that you're able to count on? Because I'm going to sit up here and say right now, I'm not going to say I'm counting on Patrick Beverly to, to give me 15 to 16 points a night every time he's going out there. No. I know what his role is. And then Russell Westbrook, we've seen his struggles last year. uh, But can he be a better offensive threat for the Lakers coming into this season? So those are the questions that that, that are probably going to arise. But from a defensive perspective, I love the fact that Darvin Ham is saying, you know what, I'm going to hold everybody accountable. We're going to buy in. I'm going to bring in a guy that I know is a tone setter. And that's what this team needs. As good as LeBron is, we understand LeBron has a lot of weight on his shoulders. You need 80 to be healthy. They need a guy like Patrick Beverly. When I think about a guy like Patrick Beverly, I think like a guy like Draymond Green, who was the engine for the Golden State Warriors. And we see when he's playing at the level that he's able to play at and he's getting into uh, the opposing team's head and their mental, but also rebounding and orchestrating the offense, we've seen how good Golden State can be. Now, Patrick Beverly can go out there and – get underneath uh, an opposing team's skin and get some steals and, and and get the Los Angeles crowd going, throwing his hands up. You know the little antics he love to do. Absolutely. Be, a, be that pet bull that he is. I think it could work out well for the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm going to throw teams at you in terms of what the Lakers have to deal with in the Western Conference. By the way, Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together in for the guys on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. You got the Denver Nuggets, Ooh. Minnesota Timberwolves, Hold on real quick, Freddie. Okay. When you say Denver, mm-hmm. Jamal Murray's coming back. Uh-huh. Michael Porter Jr.'s coming uh-huh. back. Come on uh, Nikola Jokic. Mm-hmm. Right, keep going. All right. Minnesota Timberwolves. Ooh. 
Ooh, they just made a trade. Right. Rudy Gobert. Okay. <laughs> With Edwards and also Carl Anthony Towns. Yes. The thing for them that I'm worried about is D'Angelo Russell. Can he sure. be the guy that understands certain situations? Because I didn't see it in the playoffs. Right. Well, uh, give Memphis when, when a lot of credit for that, too. Yeah. When it's time to slow the basketball down and control the tempo, you have to do that from a point guard's perspective. Right. You just can't be 100 miles per hour every time. Even if that's how you play, it comes right. a certain juncture in the game where you got to be like, you know what? I need to slow things down and get us into the right play and get the ball to the right people. Okay. In the Lakers on Division of Pacific, Golden State. Ooh. Let's just Ooh. move on. Let's not even talk about that. <laughs> Clippers. Let's move on. Not even Best talk about that. in the NBA. Right. Potentially. Phoenix Suns. That's wow. in their own division. Okay. Whew. Then you go to the Southwest Division. Dallas, who had a Christian Wood to go look at mm-hmm. Doncic. Memphis Grizzlies, they're definitely on. They're not. They're not on the. We want come all up. the smoke, right? Yeah, we want all the smoke. Yeah, yeah, they're not on the come up. They've arrived. Mm-hmm. Yep. New Orleans Pelicans, with Zion so, Williamson coming back. I, That's eight I, teams I, I mentioned right now. That right now better right than Lakers with New Orleans because okay. a lot of people better take notice and a lot of people better watch out. I love their draft pick in Dyson Daniels, a guy with size, can play yeah, the point guard position, can knock down open shots, can also defend, defend multiple positions. But Zion's back to go along with C.J. McCollum and Brandon Ingram and Valanchunas. And then I can't remember the young kid's uh, name right now, who I think at some point is going to win Defensive Player of the Year in the, in the NBA, the National Basketball Association. I can't remember his name right now. But you think about all those guys. You talk about a Jose Alvarado mm-hmm. who is getting underneath people's skin like we see Patrick Beverly mm-hmm. do. He played a major role in Chris Paul being frustrated in that series going to six games. You add Zion to all that along with Dyson Daniels, Willie Green did a phenomenal job last year. Sure and I think did. the best thing they could have done was going out and trading for C.J. McCollum, a guy that can be a leader on and off the court. And here's the thing about Zion. He's coming back. You don't necessarily have to count on Zion being your number one guy. Even though in your head you're saying he's our number one guy, will you have a C.J. McCollum that can take offensive uh, prowess off of him? And Brandon you have Ingram. a Brandon Ingram mm-hmm. who can take offensive stress off of him as well. It's better for Zion to work in that space with those guys around him. And I hope that Jackson Hayes will be able to keep his head on straight because that's the guy that in modern basketball at 6'11", 220 mm-hmm. pounds, can guard the rim, can protect the rim, and has an ever-improving offensive game. If he can keep his head on straight, he's had a couple of incidents off the court due to immaturity. If he can maximize that, then you got a long front line, a long backcourt. That's what the Lakers will have to deal with. I like the fact that LeBron is supporting his teammate, and you're right about Patrick Beverly bringing that to the table, that's not the issue. The issue for the Lakers is those teams we mentioned in the Western Conference that you got to try to even be in the middle of to think you're going to contend for a championship and try to get to the NBA Finals or get back to the NBA Finals. And I got it now, Freddie. What's that? It was Her- Herbert Jones who I was Oh, missing. yeah. That's who I'm From talking Alabama, about. From Alabama, yes. Yep. Herb Jones. Her- Herbert yes. Jones. Yep. Herb Jones, yeah. Believe me. And that's another guy. He's a taller version of Patrick Beverly, but he can shoot the ball. A lot mm-hmm. better than Patrick Beverly. But that yep. long guy, I, I'll never get in the playoffs against the Phoenix Suns where Chris Paul extended his hand and Herbert Jones said, I don't care who you are. I don't need you to help me up. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. That mindset. And that mindset will work, and that's what the Lakes have to deal with in, in addition to having Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook. And if that's going to match up with those two guys who were enemies before, they now became teammates. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max with Freddie Coleman and Harry Douglas brought to you by Boost Mobile, a proud sponsor of the 2022 Department of Defense Warrior Games. With Boost Mobile, fill the power of more money in your pocket on one of America's largest 5G networks. So week zero is officially here when it comes to college football. When is it going to be week zero for Nick Saban in college football? That's next on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. 
big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Listen to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio. Everywhere you are. Thanks for joining us. And Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, Harry Dukes, and Freddie Coleman in for the guys today on ESPN Radio. Also, just go to your smart speaker and say play ESPN Radio as well as ESPN2. It's week zero for college football. We got those games this week and to get you ready for week one after that. And it's always a pleasure bringing our man Ryan McGee, ESPN senior writer. He's here thanks to Eckridge Smoked Sausage, sausage excuse me. Find them in the refrigerated meat aisle at your favorite grocery store to create one-of-a-kind sausage recipes. Eckridge, you do you. Before we get to college football, we were all having a spirited discussion. Me, you, Harry, Pat Costello, Shannon Penn, Alanis behind the scenes about fast food. And what did Coach Pittman of Arkansas say is the best fast food on the road that led Pat Costello and Alan Yates, Ryan, to be apoplectic when you told them that? Yeah, so on the Marty McGee talking season specials, our preseason, we talked to all the coaches in the SEC, and we always pick one question. And this year the question was, what's your go-to fast food on the road? Recruiting, road trip, whatever. And everybody was like, you know, Chick-fil-A, we had some Whataburgers, all that stuff. And uh, Sam Pittman came off the top rope with Long John Silvers. <laughs> what? And, and it wasn't even – and he said – and listen, my mother-in-law, born and raised – you ever hear Marty McGee, that's Nana Lynn, you hear her voice. Yes. Like, welcome. Nana Lynn always swore Long John Silvers, uh, chicken and fish. But the ticket that Sam Pittman said, this is my – Nana Lynn, you say this. The crusties at the bottom of the container, and you throw a little, uh, you throw some vinegar on it. And I mean, it sounds appalling, but he <laughs> swears by it, man. I mean, he was, and, and Sam Pittman clearly, and, and he would not be insulted by me saying this, the man clearly likes food. Yes. So I don't think you can argue with him. 
<laughs> now you can't. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie used to be an offensive line coach, now the head coach in Arkansas. Uh-huh. So I think he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, he's he just got he has a long John Silver's little bit. He but he said, "Hey man, back in the day, he said twenty dollars. He said you go to Long John Silver's, like go to the drive-in movie theater. He goes, man, that's he goes he and he goes go hogs. That's a night. That's date night. Date night. A lot of people setting up their dates. We got week zero in college football, and I mean, there are not a lot of big games. I mean, Northwestern, Nebraska." is the big game when it comes to this week, and people want to see exactly what Nebraska is going to look like and Scott Frost on the hot seat as coach. But as we get past that game this weekend in Week 0, Ryan, who do you expect to really be in the mix when it comes to a contending team or teams for the national championship in college football? I, honestly, I think it's – when the AP Top 25, the preseason came out, um, I think there's three teams and then everyone else. Um, Ohio State is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alabama is – really good like scary good and they're mad which, which is which is a scary proposition and you know then you know, oh by the way the defending national champions are still out there and they got a lot of replace i get all that but they're still really good and then past that i mean starting at clemson all the way through the rest of the top 25 i can give you a pretty good argument of why all of these teams including clemson could win double digit games mm-hmm. or could win five you know, I, I just I think that's the beauty of college football. We forget this now because we ended up with Alabama and Georgia in the national title game, and we've seen those teams in the playoff, you know, all the time, and obviously Alabama and all that. But last year was bonkers, and last year all we talked about was all these other schools. I mean, Cincinnati, and Michigan were in the playoff, and and we had all these crazy weekends, and everything we every time we didn't think it'd get crazier, it got a little crazier the following weekend. Even the bad weekends on the schedule turned out to be great weekends. There's a lot of parity now. And it's because of transfer portal, and it's because of a lot of things. And it's uh, so yeah, I could make a really good argument from four on down of why you could be in the top ten or you could be out of the top twenty-five. But that top three, uh, that that's going to be a tough blockade to crash right there. And Marty, you talk about you talked about the transfer portal, and I, I honestly think that Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide have benefited from that last year with a guy like Jamison Williams and what he was able to do, and this year with the running back Jameer Gibbs, who I think is phenomenal. Uh, but when you look at a guy like Jameer Gibbs, I honestly don't know when the last time Alabama or Nick Saban has had a running back that is as dynamic. I know a lot of people may say Najee Harris, but Najee had to come on. I still think Jameer Gibbs is a better running back overall than Najee. But what do you expect from Alabama and Jameer Gibbs this year in that backfield? I think they're um, – that's the part of them that's scary. I mean, hey, oh, by the way, you know, the defending Heisman Trophy winner is a quarterback. And, oh, by the way, <laughs> Alabama has now become wide receiver U, which is – for anyone to have come to me at any point in my life, including four years ago, and said to me that Alabama is going to be six deep at receiver every year and, you know, got a Heisman winning wide receiver and filling up the draft with, with, with wide outs, I'd have told you you're insane. That's not the Alabama we all grew up with. That's right. not the Alabama that existed. Honestly, I mean, their, their first handful of national title teams, good receivers, but but they were the backup. Now, you're right, you got a guy running back who's – now you got somebody to lean on. And mm-hmm. that's not something – that they've had great ones back there, but, but not great, great ones. And so now – um, you've got something to lean back on while you're trying to figure some of the things out, and that's just uh, that's crazy to me that, that we're talking about. You know, hey, Alabama, 
Good for them. We got a good running back. I, you know, that's, that, that's, that's something we would all take it for granted in our entire adult lives. Based on Brian McGee, ESPN senior writer, also co-host of Marty McGee. Hit him on Twitter, ESPN McGee on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio. Real quick before we let you out of here. Nick Saban says, I'm still feeling pretty good. I'm still young. Eight-year extension. Highest paid coach of college football. You know what's going to happen, Ryan. They're going to wheel him out there 100 years of age. He's going to win 11 games a year when he's 100 years of, uh, of age. When does week zero actually happen for Nick Saban when he's not going away anytime soon? I, I think as long as he can walk, he's coaching football. And, and I've said this to people, a lot of people, and everybody's like, well, what about this? What about that? When my, when's my team going to do this? And when, well, because you need the man to retire. And uh, mm-hmm. I always say, I'm a big Star Wars guy, right? Mm-hmm. And every time we thought the emperor was dead, uh, all he, did, he looked back bigger and badder and scarier and uglier, and he was not dead. And he figured out a way to stay alive for a couple centuries. So, yeah, Saban, Saban's Palpatine always has been, always will be, and that's just how it is. In other words, dun, 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 that's dun, it. Dun, 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 He's, dun, coming dun. For you. He's coming for you with a bunch of wide receivers and everybody else. Yeah. Keep up the great work, Ryan. Always a pleasure, hey, brother. Marty. Yeah, Marty. Thanks, Ryan. I'm sorry for calling you Marty earlier. No, no, hey, just so you know, my rule when a radio station yeah, calls me Marty, I usually hang up. So I didn't hang up on y'all. I like it. <laughs> thanks, brother. Appreciate it, y'all. <laughs> Ryan McGee, ESPN senior writer, coach of Marty McGee on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. And this NFL player does not want to be called the bus, even though he's a top three pick. We'll talk about that next. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. We'll